जय राधा माधव कुंज बिहारी जय राधा माधव कुंज बिहारी जय गोपीजनावल्लाधारी जय गोपीजनावल्लाधारी जशोदानंदन ब्रजजन रंजन जशोदानंदन ब्रजजन रंजन यमुनातिरावन यमुनातीरावन चारी जय राधा माधव कुंज विहारी जय राधा माधव कुंज विहारी गोपी जनावल्लाभ गिरीवरधारी जय गोपी जनावल्लाभ गिरीवरधारी यशोदानंदन ब्रजजन रंजन यशोदानंदन ब्रजजन रंजन यशोदानंदन ब्रजजन रंजन यशोदानंदन ब्रजजन रंजन यमुनातीरावन चारी यमुनातीरावन चारी जय राधा माधव कुंज बिहारी जय राधा माधव कुंज बिहारी जय राधा माधव कुंज बिहारी
जय जय श्री चैतन्य जय नित्यानंद जय जय श्री चैतन्य जय नित्यानंद जय जय श्री चैतन्य जय नित्यानंद जय अद्वित चंद्र जय गौर भक्त बिंद जय अद्वित चंद्र जय गौर भक्त बृंद जय जय श्री चैतन्य जय नित्यानंद जय जय श्री चैतन्य जय नित्यानंद जय अद्वैत चंद्र जय गौर भक्त बिंद जय अद्वैत चंद्र जय गौर भक्त बिंद जय अद्वैत चंद्र जय गौर भक्त बिंद हरि बोल हरि बोल हरि बोल नित्य गोरा हरि बोल नित्य गोरा हरि बोल नित्य गोरंगा हरि बोल हरि बोल हरि बोल नित्य गोरा हरि जय जय प्रभुपाद 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 जय जय प्रभुपाद जय जगदुरु शिल प्रभुपाद जगदुरु शिला प्रभु पद जय जय वैष्णव ठाकुर शिला प्रभु पद वैष्णव ठाकुर शिला प्रभु पद जय जय पतिता पावन शिल प्रभु पद पतिता पावन शिल प्रभु पद जय जय भक्ति वेदांत प्रभु पद भक्ति वेदांत शिल प्रभु पद जय जय गुरुदेवा 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 जय गुरुदेवा गौर प्रेमानंदे हरि हरि वो जय ओम विष्णुपाद परमहंस परिव्राज गचाज अस्तोत्रस्त श्री श्रीमाद हिज डिवाइन ग्रेस शिला भय चरणारविंदम भक्ति वेदांत स्वाय महाराज शिल प्रोपाद की जाय इस्कॉन फाउंडर चार्ज बीबीटी फाउंडर चार्ज शिल प्रोपाद की जाय जय श्रीमाद भागवत गीता यथा रूप की जाय ग्रह ग्रंथराज श्रीमाद भागवत महापुराण की जाय जय श्री 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 चैतन्य चैतामृत की जाय जय श्री श्री राधा कलचंजी की जाय 
Jai Shri Gora Bhakta Brindaki Jai Nitai Gaur Pimanandi Hari Hari Bol All glories to the assembled devotees Hare Krishna All glories to the assembled devotees Hare Krishna All glories to the assembled devotees Hare Krishna All glories, all glories to Shishi Guru and Gorango Glories to Srila Prabhupada Thank you very much everybody for attending today's Sunday festival program Please put your hands together and repeat after me. Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Om Jnana Timirandhasya Jnananjana Shalakaya Chakshuran Militam Yena Tasme Shri Gurave Namaha Shri Chaitanya Manobhishtam Stapitam Yena Bhutale Swam Rupaha Kadamahim Dadati Swapadantikam Vandeaham Sri Guruho Sri Utapadakamalam Sri Gurun Vaishnavamscha Sri Rupam Sagrajatam Sahagana Raghunathan Vitam Tam Sajivam Sadvaitam Savadhutam Parijana Sahitan Krishna Chaitanya Devam Sri Radha Krishna Padan Sahagana Lalita Sri Vishakan Vitamscha He Krishna Karuna Sindhu, Dina Bandhu Jagatpate, Gopesha Gopika Kanta, Radha Kanta Namostate, Tapta Kanchana Gaurangi, Radhe Vrindavaneshwari, Vrishabhanu Sute Devi, Pranamami Hari Priye, Vancha Kalpa Trubhascha, Kripa Sindhubya Evacha, Patitanam Pavanebhya, Vaishnavebhya Namo Namaha, Nama Om Vishnupadaya Krishna Prishtaya Bhutale Srimate Bhakti Vedanta Swaminiti Namine Namaste Saraswati Deve Gauravani Pracharine Nirvishesh Shunyavadi Paschata Deshatarine Jaya Sri Krishna Chaitanya Prabhu Nityananda Sri Advaita Gadadhara Srivasadi Gaurabhakta Brinda Hare Krishna Hare Krishna 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 Hare 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 Rama Hare Rama 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 Hare 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 Krishna Hare Krishna 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 Hare 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 Rama Hare Rama 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 Hare 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 Krishna Hare Krishna 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 Hare 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 Rama Hare Rama 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 Hare Hare Jai Srimad Bhagavad Gita Tharupa Ki Jai Srila Prabhupada Ki Jai Sri Gaur Bhaktabrinda Ki Jai So today is the uh, final class of this year on a Sunday. So I thought it would be nice to speak about this particular verse because it really helps us in our lives so that we can do amazing things, amazing miracles in our lives can happen when we understand this verse and apply it in our lives. So today we're reading from Bhagavad Gita, chapter 2. Chapter 2, actually, as you know, summarizes the whole Bhagavad Gita. Krishna is an amazing presenter. In chapter 1, the scene is laid down. And in chapter 2, he goes straight into uh, summarizing the whole Bhagavad Gita in one chapter. And then from chapter 3, he starts giving the foremost instructions of the Bhagavad Gita all the way through chapter 18. Of course, in chapter 18, as you know, he also uh, once again summarizes the whole Bhagavad Gita, but this time at a higher level. First time around, he sort of introduces the whole Bhagavad Gita. The second time, he gives the conclusion of the Bhagavad Gita, all the major conclusions of the Bhagavad Gita, in full in the 18th chapter. The first six chapters of the Bhagavad Gita and the last six chapters of the Bhagavad Gita are the bodyguards of the middle six chapters of the Bhagavad Gita. They're like the bookends. And then the middle six chapters from chapter 7 through 13, uh, sorry, 7 through 12, are the major chapters of the Bhagavad Gita which explain uh, what is the purpose of life? Why is it that we, as human beings, 
have taken this birth as human beings, and what is our greatest purpose like that? So here, a, a very good point is going to be made that's going to help us in all of those. And this point itself, just understanding this on its own, can create magic in anyone's life, can create true miracles in anyone's life. And those of us who have experienced this know that this is actually a fact. This is not just someone's imagination. Everybody who's tried this has succeeded. Just like anybody who adds one and two, one and one will add up to two. Whether they are intelligent, unintelligent, they're uh, you know, knowledgeable or they're not knowledgeable, they're tall or short, fat or skinny, white or black, or no matter what they might be, male, female, whatever they might be, it's actually true for everyone. So similarly, this verse is like that. All the verses of the Bhagavad Gita are like this, but here this is one particular one that is very, very instructive. I'm going to take my mask down a little bit so that my glasses don't fog while I'm speaking. Um, then I'll put my mask up again. All right, so if any of you know this verse, you can chant with me. Uh, and if you don't, that's okay. If you want to bring it up on your phone, this is uh, chapter 2, uh, text number 64. Okay, the chapter reads, Ragadvesha vimuktaistu Ragadvesha vimuktaistu Vishayan Indriyash Charan Vishayan Indriyash Charan Atma Vashyayat Vidhyatma Atma Vashyayat Vidhyatma Prasadam Adhigachyati Prasadam adhigachati Ragadvesha vimuktaishtu Vishayan indriyaish charan Atma vashayad vidhyatma Prasadam adhigachati Please repeat. Anybody? Okay, so please repeat after me. Raga, attachment, dvesha, and detachment, vimuktehi, by one who has become free from, to, but, vishayan, sense objects, indriyehi, by the senses, Charan, acting upon, Atma Vishayi, under one's control, Vidhya Atma, one who follows regulated freedom, Prasadam, the mercy of the Lord, Adhikachati, attains. Translation, please repeat after me. Translation by His Divine Grace, Srila Prabhupada Ki Jai. But a person, free from all attachment and aversion, and able to control his senses through regulative principles of freedom, can obtain the complete mercy of the Lord. Again, but a person free from all attachment and aversion and able to control his senses through regulative principles of freedom, can obtain the complete mercy of the Lord. Purport by His Divine Grace, Srila Prabhupada Ki Jai. It is already explained that one may externally control the senses by some artificial process, but unless the senses are engaged in the transcendental service of the Lord, there is every chance of a fall. Although the person in full Krishna consciousness may apparently be on the sensual plane, because of his being Krishna conscious, he has no attachment to sensual activities. The Krishna conscious person is concerned only with the satisfaction of Krishna and nothing else. Therefore, 
he is transcendental to all attachment and detachment. If Krishna wants, the devotee can do anything which is ordinarily undesirable. And if Krishna does not want, he shall not do that which he would have ordinarily done for his own satisfaction. Therefore, to act or not to act is within his control because he acts only under the direction of Krishna. Sorry, I'm going to say it again. Therefore, to act or not to act is within his control because he acts only under the direction of Krishna. Another way to say this is, therefore, to act or not act is within uh, is is within his control only because he acts under the direction of Krishna. Another way to say the same thing. This consciousness is the causeless mercy of the Lord, which the devotee can achieve in spite of his being attached to the sensual platform. Om Jnana Timirandasya Jnana Shlakaya Chakshurun Militam Yena Tasmei Shri Gurave Namaha Nama Om Vishnupadaya Krishna Prishtaya Bhutale Srimatei Tamal Krishna Goswami Itinami Hare Krishna Okay, so as we know in our lives our person is made of a number of things. We have our senses, the five senses of, you know, touch, smell, taste, uh, of hearing, of seeing, like that, feeling. And then we have our minds. Our minds actually are the repository of impressions. So they, the mind retains experiences. So when we were little babies and someone gave us some candy, and we pop the candy in our mouth, and we love the candy. So since then, candy becomes something good, because we love candy. It tastes nice, like that. And then above the mind is the intelligence. The intelligence is able to tell us something which is either good or not so good for us, or neutral. Even though the mind may like something, the senses may say, I mean the intelligence may say don't. Like say, for example, if you eat too much candy, then the intelligence may say don't do that, because you might cause, you know, tooth decay, or you might cause diabetes or high blood pressure or something like that. And then above the intelligence is the false ego. The false ego is our love for Krishna mixed with a mode of passion. When our love for Krishna mixes with the mode of passion, it becomes our false ego. So it actually gives us an illusory understanding of things, like an upside-down understanding of things. The same thing can be seen in two opposite ways. Just like I normally do this exercise where if you, you know, uh, as low as you can get, if you move your hands clockwise and you keep moving it up, the same, same motion becomes anti-clockwise. The clockwise motion becomes anti-clockwise. So clockwise and anti-clockwise are opposite to one another. And yet it's the same motion that is both clockwise and anti-clockwise. Similarly, the same thing is both illusion and the truth. It's a question of how we are seeing it. If we see it properly, it's the truth. If we see it in the wrong way, it's actually illusion. An example is given that in the, in the dark, if we see a piece of rope and we think it's a snake, the fact that we think the rope is a snake is illusion. The rope is real, the snake is real, but that we think that that rope is a snake is illusion. So illusion doesn't mean that it's false. It's not false. It's just misidentified. So similarly in our lives, we tend to misidentify things, and as a result of this misidentification, which is caused by the false ego, which is more powerful than the intelligence, which itself is more powerful than the mind, which is more powerful than the senses, we can see how we are dragged to do things not correctly. See How we make mistakes in our lives, and why we do things that are not quite correct. Now above the false ego is the consciousness. Consciousness is the energy of the soul. The soul is always poor, pure. The soul is satchit ananda. Satchit ananda means that it is full of life, it is full of knowledge, and it is full of bliss. This is its nature. It's constructed like that. Why? Because Krishna actually manifested us, 
And he himself is constituted of these three elements, Satyadananda. His body is Satyadananda. Ishvara Paramakrishna, uh, uh, Ishvara Paramakrishna, Satyadananda Vigraha, Anadiradi Govinda, Sarvakarana Karanam. This is Lord Brahma, who actually created the whole universe, manifested all the living, non-living entities, says that amongst all the controllers in the world, who are known as Ishwaras, the Parama Ishwara is Krishna. And his constitution is Satyadananda. That there's nobody before him, Anadiradi, and, and who came, who came first, and he's Govinda because he loves us all. He's our father, just like those of us who are parents. How many of you are parents here? Parents, put your hands up. Okay, yeah. We know that we love our children so very much, right? We love them more than we love ourselves. That's the mark of a nat- naturally a good parent will love his children, his or her children, so very much like that. So Krishna is like that. He's a parent. But we are not so perfect, but Krishna is a perfect parent. And so therefore he loves us unlimitedly. So he, he made a situation so that we were constituted of the same thing that he's constituted of, which is Satyadananda. So this Satyadananda expresses itself in the form of consciousness. And that's why we can feel in our body. If consciousness leaves a certain part of our body, then that part of the body cannot feel. So, the consciousness is higher than the false ego. And then higher than the consciousness is the real ego. The real ego is the identity of the soul. And the real ego is that we're all children of Krishna. We're all beloveds of Krishna. We're all servants of Krishna. And we are part and parcel of him. This is the four descriptions given uh, in the Bhagavad Gita of our relationship with the Supreme Personality of Godhead, Kal Chanji, Krishna himself. Like that. So, this is the, uh, uh, this is the, uh, this is our constitutional position, which is our real ego. And then, above the real ego is the soul itself. That is the cause of everything. The soul, the soul is the reason we are able to do anything in our lives. Once the soul leaves the body, then that person is considered to be uh, no more. Person has passed away. We say, so and so departed. What does it mean? It means the soul departed the body, and therefore now the body becomes non-functional, in the sense it cannot now walk and talk and do all the other things that we normally do as, as bodies, with our senses. Okay, so now, all of these come from three sources. These sources are known as Brahman, Paramatma, and Bhagavan. These are the three origins. They're all one, but in three different features. God is the same, but he comes in three different features. Just like, you know, if we're traveling and very far away we see a mountain, then we see really a a two-dimensional shape and we know that's a mountain. Then when we get closer, we realize it's not two-dimensional, it's three-dimensional, has many colors and has some variety on it. So that's now like Paramatma. And then, finally, we get on the mountain and now we can cup our hands and drink the you know, the crystal clear water that's flowing down the mountain or eat some nice fruit from the trees, you know, see the nice animals frolicking, smell nice flowers there. This is the Bhagavan feature. That's the complete feature of the Supreme Lord. So the the Lord comes in these three features, one-third feature, two-third feature, and a complete feature. These are the origin. That's the origin of the living entity. So this describes us in complete. Each and every one of us has all of these 11 in, in complete, starting from the sense objects, like this iPhone is a sense object, then higher than that are the senses, which is number two. Then come the mind, number three. Then come the, uh, uh, the intelligence, number four. Then comes uh, the false ego, number five. Then comes the consciousness, number six. Then comes the real ego, number seven. Then comes the soul, which is number eight. Then Brahman, which is number nine. Then Paramatma, number ten. And finally, uh, the person, Krishna, uh, number eleven. So these eleven combined is called yoga. When these eleven unite... That's called yoga. Now, of course, in this world, we know yoga is some type of uh, exercise that you do with your body and your mind and your breathing. So these are very, very low-level yoga programs. The full yoga program is to link these 11 uh, mega-dimensions of consciousness together. That linking process is called yoga. Now, what is this particular verse telling us? This verse tells us that each of these things, like this sense object, our senses, our mind, our intelligence, our false ego, our uh, consciousness, our real ego, and our soul has things that we like 
and we don't like. So these are called our attachments and our aversions. Now, basically what the Bhagavad Gita is explaining to us is that we cannot get caught up in these attachments and aversions. If you do that, you'll get caught in a type of a, 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 a let's just say like a, a, a tornado, a vortex, and then you'll be lost in that vortex, and that's what happens. And then there's this, this system that's called sansara chakra, which means it's, you know, life and death, just cycling, you know. Sometimes oh, we have great lives in, the, uh, in swarga, then we fall into the middle planetary systems, bhuloka, and then we go into patal loka, then we come back to bhuloka, then we go again to swarga, then we come back to bhuloka, and go back to patal, and so it's like a big Ferris wheel. This is going up and down. This is called samsara chakra. And until we stay on this chakra, we're going to stay in this material world because we can't go back home, back to Godhead, because we've not understood what is the purpose of life. And Bhagavad Gita is to teach us what is the purpose of life. And this lesson is a very important lesson. We've got to stop these, uh, our focus on the attachments and aversions. Why? Because the attachments and aversions are contrasts. You see? Like, say, for example, if I tell you, please tell me what I've written on my hand. How many of you can read what I've written on my hand? Any of you can read what I've written on my hand? Some of you are very far away. Even the ones near, can you read? No. Because there's no contrast. I wrote brown on brown. You're not going to be able to contrast it, right? So you can't read. But then on the board, which is further away from my hand, you can read that it says, Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Ram, Hare Ram, Ram Ram, Hare Ram. Sure, the gentleman sitting at the back, can also read that all the way from there. You see? Why? Because there's contrast. So attachments and aversions are contrasts. They both need to exist. If there's no aversion, there's no attachment. If there's no night, there's no day. You get the idea? If there's no pain, there's no pleasure. Because they're both relative to one another. Understand? So don't focus on that relativity, because if you get focused on the relativity, you'll get lost in the relativity, and then you'll forget what is the purpose of life. The purpose of life, according to the Bhagavad Gita, chapter 9, is to love Krishna, to love God. Krishna is name for God, meaning that he is all attractive. God has many names. You know, his name is Krishna, Ram, Allah, you know, Jehovah, Christ. These are all names of God. Okay? So God has many names, but in the, Bhagav, in, the, uh, in the Vedas, which is the oldest known writings in creation, which describe full knowledge, not just religious knowledge, full knowledge, metaphysical knowledge, spiritual knowledge, religious knowledge, all of it is contained in the Vedas. And in the Vedas, it is described, the highest name of God is Krishna, meaning that he is the all-attractive person, because all of us actually act on the basis of attraction. If you get attracted to something then you love that, and you love to do that, love to be with that person. This is why in this world they say the greatest thing is love. When someone falls in love with somebody else, they're attracted to that person. There may not be a good reason, or any reason. Actually, there should be no reason, because there's a reason, then the reason becomes the attraction. It's not the person anymore, like that. So the idea is that we have to give up our attachments and aversions. And when we do that, in the service of the Lord. Now, if you give it up ordinarily, you're going to get lost because it's natural to have attachments and aversions. It's nothing unnatural. You're not doing the wrong thing by having aversions and attachments. It's just that you don't allow them to stop you from going to a higher level. You see? Like, say, for example, what is something you do in kindergarten that you don't do at university? Anybody can tell me? Something you do at kindergarten, but you don't do that at university. I'm sure all of you have been to university, right? Some or most of you have, at least. Can you remember something you did at kindergarten that you no longer do it at university? Yes, you don't learn the alphabet at university, right? You don't go to university and, and, and tell the professor when he asks the question, A, B, C, D, E, F, G, H, I, J, K, L, M, N, O, P. You don't say that. You don't go one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Do you do that at university? No. But you've gone past that stage, right? 
You don't let that now hold you back from learning what you've got to learn higher than that. You understand? It's a basic thing. It's supposed to teach you something that will help you move forward to higher understanding. Similarly, attachments and aversions help us understand that if you can go past them successfully, that means you have actually started to love God. Because when you love God, you can do it. If you don't love God, you cannot do it. Just like, for example, at kindergarten, you learned your A, B, C, D, E's, and you learned your 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10. But if you didn't quite learn it, you're not going to go higher, right? You're not going to be able to put sentences together. You're not going to be able to do uh, math, arithmetic, right? All that's going to get stuck because you didn't quite understand the alphabets. You didn't quite understand the numbers. You get the idea? So in the same way, these attachments and aversions are meant to teach us something, which is that they are contrasts. And when we love God, when we love Krishna, we don't worry about these attachments and aversions. Why? Because Krishna says, whether or not you have these attachment aversions, I can still give you the results. Notice in this world, people will say, if you really want to succeed in doing something, you really got to be passionate about it, right? You notice that? People say all the time, right? If you really want to do something, you've got to be passionate. If you're not passionate, you're not going to be able to do a great job of it. But when it comes to Krishna, that rule does not apply. Why? Because Krishna doesn't need your passion to succeed. He doesn't need my passion to succeed. He can succeed despite me. He can succeed despite all of us put together. You get the idea? So here he is giving us this understanding that the most important thing for us to do is to love Krishna. And if we do everything for his satisfaction only, you'll go past your attachments and aversions. In fact, you'll be able to take advantage of those attachments and aversions. Because what do attachments do? Why do we get attached to something? What do you think we get attached to something? Because we think what? What's going to happen when you become attached to something? It's going to make you happy. It's going to give you good results, right? You're looking for some results, and if you think if I become attached, then I'll get better results. True? And what do the, so they actually give you opportunities to make progress. And what do aversions do? Aversions discourage you, right? If something goes wrong, you feel discouraged. You go, oh, I failed. Maybe I can't succeed. Then you get discouraged. So those are our challenges. But this verse tells us that in our challenges lie the best opportunities. And in our opportunities lie the best challenges. And both of them are actually equally valuable. Did you know that in the business world, I come from a business family, the business world, they say that the way you make money is by solving people's problems. You see? Though these problems are challenges, right? Somebody is a challenge, the businessman helps him overcome the challenge, the businessman makes a lot of money. And what happens to the other person? He loses a lot of money. That's not a very smart proposition, is it? It's your challenge, somebody else made a lot of money and you lost a lot of money. <laughs> Better, you can change your challenge, turn your challenge into a opportunity and take advantage yourself. Right? Like say for example, if you found out today that behind in your, in your house, in your backyard, there is a big uh, gold mine sitting underneath it, you know, and your house is worth half a million dollars, would you sell your house for half a million dollars? If a businessman, smart businessman comes to you and says, I'll give you $600,000, you're going to sell for $600,000? Why not? You get 100000 more than what the house is worth. Why wouldn't you sell that for six hundred? Oh, you're smart people. Don't get all. Don't shy. Don't be shy. Don't be, don't think, you know, I'm looking for smart answers or anything. These are simple answers, huh? You lose your money. That gold mine is worth how much? Millions and millions of dollars, right? Why would you give it away for a hundred thousand dollars? More than the price of the house. You get the idea? There's an opportunity sitting there and you gave it away for nothing, pretty much. Practically nothing. The businessman made a lot of money out of it, but you lost a lot of money as a result. I'm saying money because most people understand money terms. It's just Kali Yuga. In Kali Yuga it is said in the 12th canto, Srimad Bhagavatam, that money will be worshipped in Kali Yuga. 
Money will be God. That's why even the American dollar, they say in God we trust. That's the reason they really wrote it there. It's not that they believe much in God. Anyway, so, for us, this is a very important lesson. Please do not let in your life any difficulties that you come across. Remember one thing. Walk away from one thing if you don't hear from anything else from me. Walk away with this one idea. The bigger your problem, the bigger the benefits you're going to get if you deal with it. You face it. Don't walk away from it. Deal with it. There's ways to deal with it. If you can't deal with it yourself, you can always get the help of others to help you deal with it. This is why we have families. This is why we have societies. This is why we have what is called Sangha. And the best Sangha is Sat Sangha. Sangha that actually is based on the power of God. That's called Sat Sangha. So in that Sangha, you learn how to deal with the greatest difficulties. Not that devotees don't have problems in their lives. Devotees have a lot of problems in their lives. Probably more than everybody else does. Why? Because Krishna wants to show them much more uh, uh, favor. So in the problems, he reveals great gifts. And these gifts are so powerful that the devotee thinks, there's no way I could have had, had this on my own. It's only by Krishna's grace, Krishna's mercy, which is what it says here in this verse, that I was able to get these great gifts. So, take advantage of that, and then understand, when you have an opportunity, you also have challenges. This is why a lot of devotees don't want to do big projects or things like that, because they know there's going to be a lot of challenges, right? You're going to have to deal with so much money, you're going to have to deal with so much work, you're going to have to deal with so many staff, you're going to have to deal with so many people, you're going to have to deal with the government, you're going to have to deal with this, that, and the other, and it's like, you know, your hair is just going to go gray very quickly, right? You know? So, and sometimes even become bald-headed, lose your hair, forget just going gray. But, for the devotee, that is not a concern. You can see with Srila Prabhupada, when did he come out to the West and preach? At what age? He was 70 years of age. How many of us have hit 70? Hands up. 70 years of age. Nobody, right? 65? I'm definitely, I'm just one year away from 70 now, but anyway. 65? No? 60? Wow, you guys are really young. You are kids. 55? Because some of you may not want to reveal your age. Or some of you don't understand English. Or whatever else, so you're too shy to put your hand up. The point is, as you get older, it gets harder. It doesn't get easier to do things. I realize that now, I can understand the glory of Srila Prabhupada better now, because now coming to the age, it was actually at 69 that he moved out of India. At the age of 70, he got everything started. 1966 is when he established the International Society for Krishna Consciousness, but it was at 1965 that he moved out of India, which is when he was 69. So I'm right at that age. And I'm thinking to myself, oh my God, if I had to start everything now, <laughs> instead of, in terms of my preaching, this, that, and the other, oh my God, wouldn't that be a job and a half for me? But we're doing that. Why? Because we realize we're not doing it because our senses find it easier or harder. We're not doing it because we think it's going to be possible or not possible. We're doing it to please God, to please Kal Chanji. And because we're doing it for Kalachanji, if Kalachanji wants, the results will actually come. As in the case of Prabhupada, the results came, right? All of you who are sitting here are only sitting here, Badolat, Srila Prabhupada, because of Srila Prabhupada, right? His mercy that we're sitting here. He's sitting up here on his Vyasasana, but we're all sitting here because of his mercy. So how much value is mercy created, right? Millions of people today can say that their lives have been changed for the much better because of Srila Prabhupada. Millions of people. It's hard to impact so many people. It's hard to impact one person to change their life or to speak of millions of people. This is the mercy of the Supreme Lord given to a person who is ready to please the Lord. Prabhupada didn't do it to please himself. He never asked that his name be glorified. In fact, when awards were given to him, he wouldn't take the award. He said, no, the award doesn't go to me. It goes to my spiritual master. My spiritual master is the one 
who empowered me to actually go to the West and preach in English. So he would never take the credit himself. And yet, he did more than most people can ever be even uh, thought of as doing. Possible to do, you know, that type of stuff. Now, this is the same for us. He did say that even my followers will do even greater than I did. It's hard to even imagine that that would be possible. What he did was unimaginably great. But this is what happens when we, when he gave up his attachment and his aversions. You see, he had challenges. What challenges did Srila Prabhupada have when he came to the West? Anybody can say some challenges that he had? He didn't have any money. Tried to travel from India to America without money. How many of you came from India? Hands up. Yeah, a lot of you, right? How many of you came with no money in your pocket, meaning that you didn't have enough money to buy your own ticket to America? Right? You're not telling the truth. Every one of you had the money to buy your tickets, although you wouldn't be here. Nobody gave you a free ride on American Airlines to come to America. You paid for your tickets. Right? Prabhupada didn't have enough money to buy him his ticket to America. Someone else paid for it, and that too very reluctantly. Kept pleading with him, no, no, not going. And that person owned the boat. So he didn't pay the ticket, just the person who owned the boat. It's just like American Airlines owner. We don't have an American Airlines owner, but anyway, if there was, the owner giving you a seat on American Airlines to come here. That's Prabhupada's case. What are some other challenges? That's not the biggest challenge he had. What are some other bigger challenges that he had? Somebody can tell me? Prabhupada coming to the West? Yes. Shelter? Yeah, he didn't know anybody in America. It was a friend of his who knew somebody in America and said, you go to that person's house and they'll take care of you. Other than that, he knew nobody in America. When he said, when I arrived at America, I didn't know whether to turn left or right. All of us who came to America, we knew how to turn left and right, right? We knew where to go, where to get outside the airport and catch a taxi or a friend came and picked us up or whatever and went out wherever we are. He had no idea whether to turn left or right. No place to stay. Had no money to buy a, a uh, you know, his first night stay at some hotel or motel. Nothing. Stayed on the street. How many of you came from India and then stayed on the street for a whole year? That's a real challenge. What other challenges did he have? That's a big challenge. What else? He was old. I gave you the example. Age 70. Not easy, you know, at age 70 to have good health. He had very bad health. His health was very poor. He actually had two heart attacks just during the trip. Imagine you come from India to America and on the way on the airline you had two heart attacks. You probably won't even survive those heart attacks. Actually, Prabhupada said, the only reason I survived was Krishna personally came in his hand, put his hand on my chest and revived me. Otherwise, I would have died on that trip. And try traveling on a boat for months and you feel seasick, the boat is always going like this, can't sleep properly, can't do anything properly on that boat, right? Not easy. He went through all those difficulties to come to America. Why? Only so that he can please his spiritual master. There's a lot for us to learn in this. We have to stop acting like we're very weak people. We are weak. There's no doubt about it. But if we rely on Krishna, if we have faith in Krishna, we have faith in Guru, we will pull through like Prabhupada pulled through. And the result will be something totally amazing. It'll be miraculous. There'll be many miracles that'll happen, not just what Prabhupada did. What Prabhupada did was major miracles. But in our lives, we can experience miracles at a lower level, but real miracles when we do this, when we take to this process. So today is the final lecture, like I said, of this week, this year, 2021. I personally wanted to thank all of you for whatever service that you did this year for Shishirada Kalachanji and all of the deities on the altar for ISKCON. Uh, I realized a lot of you did a lot, and especially in a very challenging year, like 2021. And to do something in a very challenging year means that Krishna is going to give you bigger real results because he appreciates it. When it's harder to do something and you do something, whoever is the beneficiary of that will feel very appreciative that you made an effort. So I thank you from the bottom of my heart. 
that you all worked very hard this year and did whatever you did for Krishna's pleasure. But let's double it in 2022. Let's do double what we did in 2021 in 2022. 2022 is a very, very important year for us. It is the 50th year of the installation of Shishri Radha Kalachanji. They were installed on the day of Radha Astami in 1972. So 2022 will be our 50th anniversary year. So that's not very far away from now. It's only five days away from now. We'll be starting with, on Saturday, will be the, uh, meaning Monday to Friday, the five days once they go by. On Saturday will be the first of January 2022. Let's take some challenge in our hearts. Let's understand that all of those uh, 365 days in 2022, we will make very meaningful in our life by doing something for Krishna. What can you do for Krishna that's very simple to do? Can anybody give examples? Simple things that you can do for Krishna, to show love to Krishna. Anybody? Please, please. Many answers. Sorry? You can do Sankirtan, you can do chanting. What else? Do some service like what? Like cook for Krishna. What else? These are all hard. You guys give me all tough things to do, man. It's very hard to do these things. Not so easy. Distribute scriptures. Wow. These are hard-working guys. You're all very heavy lifters. Come on, some more simple things. Come on, simple, simple things that you can do. Huh? Offering food, yeah. Yeah, your wife can make it and you offer it, right? She do all the hard work, you do the easy work. Offer it, okay? What else? You can eat it. Eating prasadam is service to Krishna. Did you know that? Now, any of you not going to eat in 2022? Put your hands up. Those not going to eat in 2022. You're going to be eating. Offer the food and eat it. That's a way to show love to Krishna. You're eating Krishna's mercy. He's going to give you empowerment to do something. What else? What's even simpler than that? Simpler than eating food. Yeah, remember Krishna. It's so much easier, right? No cost. There's no charge to remembering anything. Remember Krishna always. Very good answer. I like simple answers because it's easier to do and it'll help you do more difficult things later. Start with the simple things. Start with the ABCDs. Then you can go to the uh, full sentences, and then you can go to full poetry later. And then write your songs and dance with the song. What else can you do? You can think of Krishna very easy. What else? You can smile by looking at Krishna. Look at Krishna and smile and say, I love you. It's so easy to say, I love you, right, to somebody. We say it all the time in our lives. Why not say it to Krishna? Why not say it to the associates of Krishna on the altar? Why not say it to the devotees? Right? You can actually pray for others. Pray for yourself, and but pray for others. Don't focus on yourself. If you focus on yourself, then only your small circumstances will grow. If you focus on others, everything that grows for them will be your growth. It's the faster way to grow. Pray for others. Think of others. Think for the benefit of others. Serve others. Do some good for every, every child of Krishna. Everyone is a child of Krishna. Do something for others. And tell Krishna, I'm doing this because I want to show you some love. Because they're your children. And I'm serving your children for your pleasure. Of course, the children will become happy too, naturally. So there's so much we can do. Very simple things that cost nothing to things that can cost a lot of money, or a lot of time, or a lot of energy, or whatever it is. Do whatever you can within your capacity. Don't try and challenge yourself to the higher things first. Challenge your things to the lower things first, the easier things to do. Then we'll build strength. The more strength you have, the easier it'll be for you to do greater things. Okay? So let's all try to make some type of a vow that we're going to double it in 2022. Whatever we did in 2021, we're going to double it. We're going to spend, if you thought of like today, you know, I just switched to iPhone because some of my, somebody actually owns this, gave me that phone. And, and it told me last week you spent these many hours on the iPhone. <laughs> Well, it's a piece of information I really didn't care for. But if I want to double it, at least I know how many hours I spent, right? I'm sure if you add up how many hours you spent per week for serving Krishna, you'll know. If you look, think it up, you'll, you'll figure out, okay, I did so much. Double it. That's all. Increase it 10%, 20%. Double it if you can. If you can't, at least increase it somewhat. Okay? So this way we'll show some more love to Krishna 
and we will feel a lot of love because we show love to Krishna, that love spreads to everybody because Krishna is the root cause of everything. Just like when you water the root of a tree, the whole tree is going to get the benefit. You feed the stomach, the whole body is going to get the benefit. So let's do that this coming year. Okay? Next week on Sunday will be the first class of 2022. I'm going to speak again and I'm going to encourage all of us, please, 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 do the right thing for your own self and for others. And do it in a way that truly you feel like life is worth living. This world is a great world for service. Not that, oh, this is a problem, that is a problem, this is going wrong, that is going wrong. And we're just focusing on the negatives and forgetting all the positives that are actually flying right past us that could have been taken advantage of. So let's do that. It's now two more minutes. Is it 6.13 now? 6.12? 6.13, two more minutes. Uh, anybody has any questions? Anything you'd like to say? While you're thinking, again, I want to thank all of you for coming to the program. Please don't feel discouraged in anything I said to you, even if I might have criticized or something. There's no criticism intended. You are all children of Krishna. Krishna is the greatest means you are also of the greatest. Imagine your father was Bill Gates and he had hundreds of billions of dollars in his bank account. That's your money too because he's your father. Similarly, whatever belongs to Krishna belongs to each and every one of us. But how do we claim that? To claim that, you have to show him love. Then he allows you to claim that. If you're Bill Gates' son and you hate Bill Gates, it's not going to be helpful to you, is it? He's going to write you out of his will. And you'll get nothing. You see? Now Krishna doesn't write us out of the will, but he delays it. He delays it by giving us reincarnation. Okay, take another birth. Until you figure it out, keep taking births. So let's figure it out now. Let's not wait one more birth to figure this out. We are children of Krishna. Krishna loves us completely. We are entitled to everything that belongs to Krishna. Let's fall in love with Krishna fully. Let's serve him with all of our heart and soul. You don't have to give up anything. Bill Gates' son doesn't have to give up. He has a daughter. Bill Gates' daughter doesn't have to give up anything to love her father. There's nothing she's giving up. She's only adding to herself by loving her father more. So similarly, we're only going to add. Nothing's going to be taken away from us. Krishna doesn't need anything from us. All the trillions and trillions and trillions of living entities in the material world are chasing one Lakshmi. And millions of such Lakshmis are chasing Krishna. Okay? So Krishna doesn't need our money. He doesn't need anything from us. But if we actually connect with Krishna, we are the beneficiary. Now Krishna does get something from us. What does he get from us? He gets our love. That's the only thing that doesn't belong to him. Everything else belongs to him. He says, Sarva Loka Maheshwaram. There's not a place, a point of a needle can sit that doesn't already belong to Krishna. But the one thing he doesn't have from us is our free will love. The love that we have from our free will. And we might think, well, I have nothing except my love, not going to give that away. But the more you give, the more you'll have. That's how that love works. And the more you give to Krishna, the more you love. And then you'll give to others as well, because the remnants go to everybody. That's called prashadam. Okay? Any questions, anybody? No? Thank you very much. We'll now have uh, Kirtan. I'm going to just give a few announcements. And after the announcements, uh, we'll start with Kirtan. Uh, singing and dancing in front of the Lord. And then Prashadam will be served out after we do uh, Lord and Singh Dev's Pranam. And go out this week. Have a great week ahead of you. Um, and come back again next Sunday. If you can come during the week, that's nice as well. You can come as many times as you like. The temple is open seven days a week. And, uh, um, and, and receive the blessings of the Lord. This is the oldest deity of Krishna outside of India. Uh, very, very old deity. And there's a particular uh, thing about him, and that is that if anybody prays in front of him, their prayers will be answered. It's just a question of time, because he knows when to give us something at the right time. You don't give a little child matches to play with, but he might burn the house down. When they get older, you can give them the matches so you can make some nice food, etc. Okay? Thank you so very much. Hare Krishna. Vanchakapa Turbischa. Kripasandhu Vyavacha. Patitanam Pavanebhya. Vaishnavibhya. Namo Namaha. Anantakoti Vaishnava Brindaki Jai. Srila Prabhupada Ki Jai. Srimad Bhagavad Gita Tarupa Ki Jai. 
श्री गौर भक्त बिंद की जाए श्री श्री राधा कलचंजी की जाए निताय गौर प्रेमानंदे हरि हरि बोल